Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Is uh Punctuality is a white thing, right? Oh, there, there we go. There we go. Sorry. Better, better. My phone must not have the right time. Honest to God. I'm not kidding. I'll be ding dang. I, I, I get out of my car. Look, okay, I got two minutes. I walk slowly in. And I walk in, and the show's already started. Well, asking for punctuality is, is uh, too white. I got to be less white. I've had this conversation with people, people before, and they, some people say no, and some people say yes. I thought your phone had the exact time that it updates with the exact time, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. Hmm. I'm confused then. Uh, live, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, under the tutelage of our general manager. Oh, you, sorry, I, I blame others. Uh, governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa. And why is the governor of Iowa our general manager? She successfully took on the teachers' unions and got a law passed requiring every public and accredited private school in her state to offer in-person learning five days a week. Which is awesome. It's fabulous. Kids are falling behind, she said. I was just listening to a story, very maddening, about um, the state of California, but a lot of different states are doing the same thing. One thing you need to realize, and this is so maddening, the teachers' unions have largely won. They won this battle. They absolutely won this battle. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and again, this has happened in other places across the country, announced yesterday with great pride and happiness, because he's getting things done, and with an extra $6.6 billion we're giving to the schools, they are going to open. They'll be open by uh, within a month. Grades kindergarten through second. Okay, so after all the billions of, well, first of all, after all the money you normally get, and other schools have been open with their regular amount of money, but then you add in the billions of dollars the federal government has given already, then the other billions of dollars that are coming once this $2 trillion package comes through, and then an individual state like California's given another almost $7 billion to the schools so that they can open. The teachers' unions won. They absolutely 100% punked us. Well, and you got to have finger quotes around so they can open all those billions of dollars. Right. No, because yeah. kindergarten through second in a month, when you're a month and a half away from the end of the school year anyway, that's just, it's so maddening. They won. They absolutely won. Game's over. They won. At the expense of the kids. At the expense sure, of the, the families kids. and the working poor. And, yeah, and, and the yeah. taxpayer, of course. Because of course. gazillions of dollars completely unneeded. School's already bloated and getting way too much money. Now, this many more. I'd like to know, like in California, for instance, your rich blue states, what will the total billions of dollars going to public schools be? If you add the first round of federal money out of that $67 billion, and then whatever it is out of this hundred-some billion dollars um, that, that's coming out of the new package, and then the state billions of dollars, how much is it going to end up being for making your kid have a miserable year and useless. a half with useless year and a half without school, which we talked about yesterday, how there's all kinds of studies that show it's going to cost them maybe up to 10% lifetime salary. That's part of the reason I'm so worked up about this is that... Um, Yesterday, I was uh, texting with a friend of mine. 
I didn't know this was going on, but he 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 let me know that his uh, his kids are really suffering mentally uh, with this whole lockdown. He's got high schoolers that just have gone uh, you know down a, down a uh, an awful well of despair over this whole thing. Like wow. kids all are all across the country. Article after article after article in in liberal publications like the New York Times and the in the Washington Post about the mental health of children nationwide. It's just awful teenage suicides it's the number of kids that have had to go on antidepressants and everything like that right and the teachers unions with all that despite all that have won they won the game we're gonna follow the science boy and then yeah you add on you know this is petty because this doesn't really matter especially since he's probably going but gavin newsom acting like he accomplished something like he's a get things done sort of guy because he's spending another effing seven billion dollars completely unnecessarily to get k through second grade to open a month from now god it is a crime against children it's one of the greatest failures of governance I've seen in the United States in my entire lifetime. It's it's uh, it's discouraging. You know, and again, got to turn it on us. We're, we're putting up with it. We should have, there should be a million people in the streets somewhere. Sure. Screaming, why do you hate children <laughs> at all these officials? Yeah. And yep. you know what we do? We rant and rave and complain to our friends and go about our lives because I guess we don't feel like we can do anything or we're too busy or I don't, I don't know why we're not more politically active. I'm not. Well, and, and it's, it's so interesting to see in Iowa what Governor Kim Reynolds is doing. Again, five days a week, all the schools, public and private, open now. Kids were falling behind. This is a disaster. The science is clear. Get it done. And she goes into some detail about what the disaster looks like. Um, but and and again for the umpteenth time for the millionth time, right next to all the public schools that are closed with the the depression and the suicide and the and the falling behind way behind in achievement all of that stuff right next door is a private school that's open and functioning one hundred percent full speed ahead and doing fine, putting a lie to the arguments of the the unions and the and and just the soft heads who haven't followed, you know the the the, the progress of science on the question. Oh, ultimately, That's... you have to blame us, I guess, because it is a democracy, and if we got active enough, we could have pressured these people earlier on, and we're way too passive. Yes. But um, uh, certainly the compliant press that isn't up there buttockses every single day with, what are you talking about? What are you even talking about? Show me ass study. One governor of whatever state I'm yelling at, show me study that says the schools can't open i got 50 here that say they can how come there isn't more pressure on these people from every corner of the earth i think it's it's partly the young childless ignorant media that we have to a large extent in the united states god that's maddening and then i don't know if you've heard the 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 tone of voice of freaking gavin newsom and now we're gonna get the schools open well yippee they won. So they got all those extra billions of dollars punishing little kids. You teachers unions people, I swear to God, are awful human beings. You're actually bad people. What is it with you? How can you, how do you, how did you twist things in your mind to where you feel like you're doing the right thing here? You can get people to believe anything. That's wild. People are sheep. A lot of people are sheep. God, I hope I couldn't ever go down that road. I guess that's human nature. You ever go down that road to abusing what is right for my, for my financial benefit like that? 
Don't you drive by parks and see little kids and, and feel bad? You people at the top of these teachers unions? I think that I don't think they're capable of it. I just think they're bad people. And a lot of their membership, they, they're easily persuaded. So they think they're doing the right thing in supporting the union. Wow. It's absolutely amazing. Well, That's why human beings are my least favorite species. Again, one thing you can do, being a happy warrior like Joe instead of an angry warrior like me, um, is to point out the people that are doing it right, like the governor of Iowa, who just said, no, the schools are open, you have to open them. I'm mandating it. God, I wish that happened more often. And, uh, of course, you can't uh, teach Dr. Seuss in the school because he's a white supremacist. So we got that to get to later. Dr. Seuss is a white supremacist. In case you didn't know, I hope you feel guilty now. All those hours you've spent reading those books to your kids at night, mm. way to indoctrinate them into the world of white supremacy. With, yes. With uh, Fox and Socks on Box. The man who inspired tens of mil- hundreds of millions of children to learn to read and read enthusiastically. Turns out he's canceled. Dr. Seuss canceled. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. And there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. Oh, geez. Um, you know, Dr. Seuss was one of my favorites as a kid. Everybody's, no. everybody's oh. favorite. And so I'm just a budding clansman here. You know, I, I was hoping to live a long age of 80, 90 years old, but I'm not sure I can make it if this type of stuff keeps happening where Dr. Seuss be. You know, yeah. canceled. This type of stuff is going to drive me crazy. I, I, I hear you. I was actually driving in this morning, and I thought, I've got to figure out a way to accept that I hate the way the world is. Mm. Make whatever tiny dent I can, and then just accept it and move on. I've got to be, because I hear the term happy warrior about people, and I really admire that. I, 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 I'm kind of more of a, I either just have to, like, put it out of my head or engage in it and be miserable. <laughs> Two speeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Apathetic and angry. <laughs> On the other hand, Dr. Seuss, I would not read him in a boat. I would not read him with a goat. Please. When you have back-to-back stories that you're going to give billions of dollars to people who made your kids miserable, and by the way, they're not going to let Dr. Seuss be read in the school because they're a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. How do you get out of bed? <laughs> well, if you have the financial resources, you yank your kids out of the insane public schools. And send them to a, a John Adams Academy or, or one of the many fine uh, parochial schools, private schools, charter schools in America, if you can. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing well, but my uh, my charming anecdotes of playing Viking video games with my internet friends doesn't really seem to fit the tone of this opening segment. <laughs> well, it, so I'm, I'm just going to cede the, the time to, uh, to, to my colleagues. To somebody here. else who wants to scream some more. <laughs> well, the Vikings were, were violent and bloodthirsty, so maybe we could tie that in with Jack's mood. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I I have advanced to the Bronze Age, so I've got I've got better weapons now. So maybe that could help. Congratulations, Sean was helpful yesterday consulting me on trying to get a YouTube channel started for my youngest son because he's obsessed with this idea of playing Minecraft on YouTube videos. Ah. like every other kid in America. I mean, God, I wonder how many accounts there are of children talking about playing Minecraft. M- 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 hundreds of millions around the world, probably. Wow, wow. it's uh, it's something. Is he charging a subscription fee? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Well, everybody wants to be Zebra Gamer or who's the one he's into now? I bought him a t-shirt. Beck Bro, Beck Bro Jack. <laughs> you got the merch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Beck Bro Jack, who's uh, now like 20, but he started when he was like 16, playing Minecraft and talking about it while he plays. Every video he puts out has two, three million views. Every wow. single one. Wow. He's just shaking a, my head. He's a farm kid somewhere in the Midwest in his bedroom playing video games. So the comparison of kind of 
streamer cultures, I think, is very akin to garage bands back in the day. There are a certain few who break oh, sure. through and break out yeah. and become gigantic things. But a lot of people, if you're just having fun doing it, then go do it. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You don't have to make money off your hobby. You just need to enjoy it. Well said. Well said. So is this guy particularly charming or? Uh... Kind of. <laughs> hey, I'll be damned. It's okay. Okay. He just yeah. got in first, I think. I think yeah. part of it is getting in first. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, March 2nd, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Let's get started officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, the show comes at Mark. The very first box of Johnson & Johnson's shot got a special send-off this morning. Workers at this warehouse in Kentucky signed the shipment before loading it into a UPS delivery truck. I need a vaccine for neurotic about the state of the world. Is there a vaccine for that? Could we yeah. Could we not do the photo op? Can we just get the thing on the truck and get it out to people? <laughs> oh, now see, so that's we can cynicism. go out to eat indoors like it was a people. Charming moment. They signed the box. <laughs> just in time for the cameras to be there too. Oh my gosh. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. All that's something for everyone. We got plenty to get to coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Serious, unbelievably, like, um, like practically moon-landing advances in vaccines that have happened in the last year because of all the money being thrown at the coronavirus vaccines. We should talk about later if you want some good news. Really quite amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah. It's good news born from a whole lot of awful news, but uh, yay science. Mailbag. Oh, we have a Gabby Award coming up in just a moment. It's very exciting. Everybody put on your ball gown, put on your tuxedo, hire your limousine, etc. It was an early dinner. Your freedom-loving quote of the day, once again, from George Washington Carver. Fear of something is at the root of hate for others, and hate within will eventually destroy the hater. Keep your thoughts free from hate, and you need to have no fear from those who hate you. Hmm. That's, That's hate got, speech. That's what I got to do. There's the happy warrior thing I was talking about. Yeah. Yep. It's worth striving for. Sure. Although uh, a lot of a lot of how we are and a lot of what we do is kind of inborn, honestly. But you can you can uh, shape it. Let's. See. Oh, I like this note from. Or drink. Uh, or drink. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Joe. Uh, not me. A different Joe. Big hello from Rowatan, Honduras. You already have an international show. How many Honduras is enough? That's what I say. My wife and I recently retired here, currently pursuing our residency. Interestingly enough, to become residents of Honduras, we must provide, number one, a COVID-negative check before any kind of entry into the country, two, proof of income to show we can pay our own way and will not be wards of the state. I love that. And a criminal background check showing no convictions or charges for anything beyond a traffic charge and proof of marriage for the dependent spouse. All of these documents need to be, and there's a fancy term here, in essence, ensuring the signature of all those documents are real, like a notary public. Now, what again are the Biden administration's requirements for Honduras entering the U.S.? No documents, no criminal background check, no COVID test, but we'll give you a vaccine. Wonder which country has it backwards, writes Joe in Honduras. Then he sent a picture of his place. Holy cow, he's right there on the water. 
Heck, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> wonder what he paid for that. Hey, Joe, what'd you pay for that? I'll right bet shockingly, there's lots of great places you could live in the world that um, that don't have cachet, and you pay a lot for cachet. Or, mm-hmm. or you know, the, uh, the, the the fact that people know about them and would say, oh, cool. There's lots of places you go, like, right? why would you live there? I don't know anything about that. That are fabulous. Lots of yeah. places. Yeah, we get notes from expats fairly regularly. A lot of folks in Central America. Hmm. Um, and, and they say they're loving it. The various island nations, etc. Uh, how about this from John? The Al-Assad attack, which we talked about a great deal. That was the Iranian uh, missile attack on the U.S. base in Iraq we, uh, that was on 60 Minutes. You say if we'd had a significant loss at Al-Assad, there would have been overwhelming public pressure to retaliate. I don't think that's true. America is so divided right now, half would have been defending the Iranians. And with Trump in charge, the media would have spun it as his fault. It is more likely we would have had more calls for impeachment than anything else. Mm, there would have been a certain amount of, uh, you killed uh, Solomon, so we deserved it. Uh, you Solomani, can't blame yeah. him. Solomani. Yeah. Uh, we actually also received a note from a, a gent who's involved in the intelligence community, and uh, he got some uh, reports from the Situation Room that were very, very intriguing about the way Trump reacted. We'll talk about that, and perhaps when we talk to Mike Lyons, our uh, military analyst, later about the attack in the aftermath. Yeah, I want to hear that. We're going to get into that pretty heavily next hour, if you don't know what we're talking about. And a Gavi Award next. Always very exciting. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So um, we got a number of texts from people about the whole schooling situation that we were screaming and yelling about, but I'll save those for a moment. Also, as Joe mentioned, Mike Lyons uh, later in the program to talk about that story on 60 Minutes and uh, what's going on between us, us and Iran, which is just couldn't be a more fascinating story, really, and, and very important. And I'm anxious to ask Mike about uh, the following angle. Our friend in the intelligence community suggested that if there had been a significant retaliation, that could have led to the war with China. Okay. He said, I want to hear that. Uh, there are a couple of different steps, but it would have been fairly likely, so I'll ask Mike. I want to hear that. that. I, yeah. I am perfectly comfortable saying that I and everybody else, but I have no idea what's going on with these stories, as as is uh, is, is often the case. We have no idea. The, the fact that there are so many hours spent on cable news... Uh, and radio discussing various things when we have no information. We don't know what's actually going on. Missing pivotal parts of the puzzle. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is exciting. It's time for the Gabby Award. Live from Radio City Music Hall in New York. (laughs) Or not. Or not. It's the Gabby Awards. The Gavin Newstool of Furbs. Speaking of New York, we'll have to uh, talk about the new pictures that came out with uh, Governor Cuomo there in New York. A couple of photos came out yesterday, and uh, that is probably going to doom him. I don't know what it is about photos and videos that made things much worse, but there are a couple of photos that back up the stories. 
that came out yesterday, but we'll get back into that. But back to the Gavin. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, where's uh, where's our namesake? Does he does? Uh, we this. all fall short. I'll get the statuette. We all. What the heck? I'm holding. It's like the golden. We're not going to win an Emmy this year. Well, we're having some computer problems. I'm um, um, holding ah. the, the Gabby Awards in my hand. I've got uh, the two statuettes that look much much like Oscars that we hand out to people who um, uh, their hypocrisy runs so deep that they deserve an award. Right. And today's winner, a truly deserving honoree, Matt Meyer, president of the Berkeley, California Federation of Teachers, who has fought to keep the schools closed. He's demanded the gold standard. Everybody's vaccinated. Oh, just the billions of dollars to the schools, the highest possible unreachable bar for getting the schools open. He was caught on videotape dropping off his own little kid at her in-person preschool. He's been making the claim that, well, the kids won't wear masks and the teachers will get sick, except everybody at the preschool was wearing masks just fine. A doctor lady who's a fellow parent at the preschool says, Look, I'm a physician. It is definitely the scientific agreement that is possible to deliver safe education. It's infuriating. So, yeah, the, this is another one of those. There's videos, there's pictures, and it makes it a bigger story. Um, it, you know, it would have been a story in print also, but the fact there's a picture of this guy dropping off his two-year-old at the preschool while he's one of the leaders in making sure your kid has to stay home and suffer through uh, mental illness and anxiety and depression and uh, a lifetime financial loss of about 10% of total salary, uh, yeah, that's about as uh, rich as you can possibly get. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. In deep, deep blue Berkeley. Well done. And a deserving Gavi Award winner. So maddening. I, I, used, I used up all my mad last, uh, last segment. I, I let some steam out, and then now... What is it? Well, it's the levels of uh, acceptance that they talk about after death. Mm. I went through anger or something like that, and I'm to the just resigned. This is what it is. You got this guy. You know, I, I, I wish I could have. What's his name? The, 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 the Berkeley guy. I wish I could have. Matt Meyer. I wish I could have an honest conversation with him. I mean, like we're both being completely honest because I'd love to know what his what his thinking is. So. Okay, dude. So you you aren't actually scared. I mean, you wouldn't put your two two year old little girl um, somewhere that was dangerous for, her, and then she gets disease, bring us home to you. I mean, you wouldn't do that if you're worried about that. So you're obviously not actually worried about the coronavirus in the school. So why are you keeping kids out of school? And then what would I, he I say? Think, do you think if he if was, he was being, being honest, perfectly honest? Yeah, yeah I think he would say. Oh, look, it's about power. It's about getting power and getting money. This is my strategy. Okay. I'm an and, advocate for our position. And then... Politics. But, but my response would be, kids are killing themselves or having to take drugs to help their mental health that they never needed before. Parents can't work. They're falling so far behind in learning, they're never going to catch up according to studies. Is that a trade-off for power and more money? And he would say, you know, I'd like yes. to hear his answer. Yeah, I'd like to hear it, because I can't imagine. I've never really sat down with somebody that soulless. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we've got a couple of texts. Uh, my father, CNN watcher, completely believes the teachers were right not to open because of teacher safety. 
That's why there isn't more outrage. If you watch certain cable news channels or take in your media from certain sectors, you haven't heard anything other than the press release from the teachers' unions that it's too dangerous. And I guess if you're not paying attention, you just think, oh, okay, that makes sense. The mall's right. closed. The restaurant's closed. The grace of the schools are closed. That makes sense. I, I can see how you'd believe that if you weren't, you know, coming across the various stories everywhere. <laughs> you're not trying very hard. Um saying that, it, that it's safe. There's actually lower incidence of coronavirus in the schools than in your local community in many, many cases. But uh, right. there you go. Well, as I've pointed out, this is the danger of the unbalanced media. Thank you for always pointing out that our tiny private schools with a micro budget compared to public schools are open and functioning and keeping kids learning and emotionally healthy. Yeah, everyone should know that. Your evening news should say, we're standing here at St. John's Middle School here in anywhere USA where they've been open since August, and we're talking to the teachers and the principal today. How many cases have you had? Oh, we had, like, two off campus, and those people quarantined, but uh, no real problems. Have any teachers gotten sick? No, no teachers. Anybody died? Well, no, absolutely nobody's died. Shouldn't that be on the evening news every single night? Wouldn't that be a great piece of journalism? So that's, Well, uh, practically nobody's talking about COVID, so that would be an odd story to run. And you could do that every night, actually. Wherever you are right now, your local news could do a story every night this week about a local private school, probably a church school, that has been open since August. And interview somebody, and they'd say, no, we've had no problems. Did you, uh, did you spend a billion dollars on a new ventilation system? Actually, we didn't do anything with the ventilation system. How did you prepare? Uh, we pushed the desks apart and made everybody wear masks. That's it? That's it. Period. Yep. I think the point is made. I'm just glad, to, like Iowa, the brave governor of Iowa, said all the kids back in school now, and they did it, passed the law. It's great. Everybody's fine. Everybody is fine. Um. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put the Gabbies over here. Happy to hand Excellent. another one out. Do we have pictures of those at armstrongandgetty.com? Yeah, we have. If people want to look at them, I think we've. I'll tweet okay, out a picture good. too. Um, <clears throat> if you know the, uh, if you know the the Berkeley dude, if you know him, ask him if he'd come on the Armstrong and Getty show. I can uh, promise I would not scream at somebody who's willing to come on and and uh, and explain why they're doing this. I would just like to know. I'll rant and rave I after the you would air. Start not screaming. <laughs> I believe you would. The screaming would come. <laughs> well, what's he care? He doesn't care if I'm screaming at him. He obviously doesn't care what I think. No, he doesn't. Oh, oh no, absolutely not. If he doesn't care about the kids uh, losing their education, committing suicide, he doesn't care if a grown man yells at him. So part of the fascination, as I was mentioning, the uh, Governor Cuomo thing, part of the fascination with Governor Cuomo is um, uh, it's New York. So that that's part of why it's such a giant national story. And sex scandals are kind of exciting, too. But I realize that for a lot of you, it doesn't really make any difference to me who's governor of New York. <laughs> it's not, you know, I assume uh, not really. You know, I assume they'll replace him with another person who I wouldn't agree with their politics at all if he leaves. Um, but a couple of pictures did come out yesterday that uh, back up the the stories of what the women had to say. A third woman came forward yesterday. But so one of the stories is at a wedding, he walked up to a woman, uh, said a couple of things he shouldn't said, put his hand on her back, then put his hands on both sides of her face and tried to kiss her. Well, a picture came out yesterday of him with his hands on the side of her face. And so... You know, that helps back back up the story, obviously. And then uh, saying to a young woman, I forget where it was, a state fair, wherever they were, she had a giant sausage in her hand, and he said, I'd like to see you put Uh-oh. that whole thing in your mouth. 
She says oh, that's what the governor said to her. And there's a picture of her and him with the sausage. So, I mean, you know, she could have made up the anecdote, but uh, there's no reason to think she's lying. And we have proof that she was there with the governor and a giant sausage at one point. Yeah. So, uh, well, Cuomo's lucky it's now and not 2018. The perv was hot in 2018. Oh, he wouldn't have now lasted. it's kind of an afterthought. He wouldn't have lasted an hour at the height of the Harvey Weinstein, you know, uh, uh, Aziz Ansari, um, Glenn Thrush, so many names you may or may not know. People that had to leave their jobs or were under real pressure for hardly anything. Hardly anything more than asking a girl out. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, some of it was utterly indefensible, as you probably remember. And that's when the mob was hot and going after people. But I don't know. There are now Democrats calling for his resignation. And uh, we'll see if he lasts or if any more women come forward. You can't say this young you, some, you can't say that to some young woman when she's holding a sausage. You, just, you can't. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> you really should. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. California was recently reunited with her family. <laughs> Our computer is not working today. And nothing like. works today. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's a miracle for your family. It's not the same cat. I, I, I got kind of part of the joke. I'll assume it was funny. I'll assume yeah, it was the funny. middle part of most jokes is unnecessary. <laughs> exactly. We'll get to that later. Um, so a couple of China things for you. Both of them really horrifying, but one of them funny if you're a juvenile, and luckily I'm not. So uh, I take things seriously, so I do not laugh at their uh, insistence on anal swabs of everyone from around the world. But stay tuned for that. Uh, A more serious China story is, um, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, a study found that uh, China had permeated the regional uh, power grid in India using malware causing mass blackouts last year after they got into those border disputes um, between China and India. So they got into the, I don't know if you remember, they were throwing rocks and beating each other with sticks and stuff like that. They don't allow right, certain... They got some, right, right, yeah, they can't have arms in that little region just to avoid any shootings. Because they hate each other so much and they get into so many dust-ups, they don't have weapons so that the worst they can do is you punch some guy in the face or hit him with a stick, which ain't great either. But then China went ahead and shut down like half of Mumbai's power grid uh, a year ago, and they're only finding that out now. That's a pretty wow. major move. It might be. And just for the record, they were beating each other to death at times there yeah. on the border. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's also another one of the stories similar to the one we're going to talk with Mike Lyons next hour. That one about Iran and our base. How long has India known, or have we known? that China did that, have they known this for a long time and just decided to let the world now know for some sort of leverage? I I don't exactly know what the geopolitical games are that are going on uh, on a number of these fronts. Now the more silly one, although if if you're on the business end of this, it's not silly. China yesterday, I'm sorry, Japan yesterday asked China to stop using anal tests on its citizens. 
These are headlines. That's a headline from BBC News. Here's a headline from The Guardian. Stop doing anal COVID tests on our citizens, Japan tells China. Um, another story from Yahoo News. China's anal COVID swabs causing great psychological pain. Well, at least. Um, so apparently they did this to us. Also, U.S. officials... At, this, I don't remember that. This was what? not you and I, the United you? States. Oh, <laughs> they must have drugged me first. <laughs> must have been really or drunk. me drunk. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's terrible. Exactly. That's that terrible. is terrible, and I apologize for it. Um, uh, U.S. officials last week, and I never got to the story then, U.S. officials asked China not to subject our staff to anal swab tests. So China, and nobody can figure out if this is just a power play. Because you, Well, I've had several... Coronavirus tests, as of you, as of many people listening. I wasn't sure how that sentence was going to end. Nobody got near the south of the equator to do them. Right. I spit in a tube. You had a thing jabbed up your nose. There's really no need to drop them and bend over. But China has decided, no, the only really good, really reliable source is (laughs) jabbing you like this. So is, is it merely a domination power play? That they uh, were doing to our scientists in Japan and everybody else. Well, the original explanation was a te- was a scientific one. It's quicker and more accurate, but I'm not buying it. I like no. your uh, thought. It's got to be. It's got to be a power play. Yeah. Now come on, China. I haven't heard well, a w- something. I haven't heard a word about uh, an accurate or more accurate COVID test that has to do with an anal swab. Have you? In the United States? No, I have not heard it suggested even once that anybody in the U.S. the Heine test. And if, that, and if that were a better test, you know, depending on exactly what it is, I might be willing to do it. But uh, I haven't heard anything about that. And so I think China is just making anybody from a foreign country come over there. Let them shove something up them. Right. Yeah. Well, if you had the deep way, way, way up the nostril one, you might prefer the Heine test. Because that's pretty painful. True that. I, I've heard. I've heard that it's yeah. It's it's a little rough. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> that's a heck of a headline from Japan. Hey, quit taking our scientists and stuffing things up them. Would you please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy me a cocktail first. Wow. At least. Buy me dinner. Now, the most recent story is China denies asking U.S. diplomats to undergo COVID anal tests, but I I find it hard to believe that we're making that up. And they're doing it to the Japanese scientists. God, China you know, if I had to ask him to give up one thing, it'd be stop militarizing the South China Sea. But second would be <laughs> would, would be that. Start Just cutting cut it out. Me. Um, uh, China is all kinds of weird, man. Chinese The good news oh, on the coronavirus uh, vaccine that I mentioned a little bit. Well, one, the Johnson and Johnson is going out, and people are getting it, and you only need one dose, and. Uh, despite the fact that it's being reported as 60 per, 66% effective, it's really 100% effective in the tests against ending up in the hospital or dying, which is a, a pretty big deal. Um, but a good article in the Wall Street Journal today about how all this research and money thrown at it, and, and some of it was just lucky is the wrong word because they've been working on this for years, but they, 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 had, a break, they had a breakthrough, a major breakthrough on vaccines, on these kind of diseases. And, and this is going to change the way human beings interact with viruses forever. Um, is anybody talking about giantly the common like, cold? G- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They absolutely think they're closer than ever 
to uh, to wiping out the common cold and uh, HIV and all kinds of different things because of this completely new way of handling things. I'm not smart enough to completely understand it. I read a lot of the article and then I decided that you, you don't have the degree you need to have to uh, to comprehend this. But it, it used to be about giving you a little bit of, you know, it goes way back to old timey times, the way um, George Washington gave his soldiers a little bit of smallpox so that they could handle catching smallpox. That's the way they used to do these viruses. They gave you a little bit of it. That's why you often got sick and then you were immune to it. This is not that at all. This is a uh, somehow convincing your immune system to turn on the virus. And it's just utilizing your own immune system at like, you know, it's like your immune system on steroids to go after these things. And it's a completely different way of approaching it. And it's miraculous. Yeah, I'm having this horrifying thought that we'll achieve some sort of scientific pinnacle of knowledge and being able to help people and cure disease right when Western civilization falls apart because the woke crowd are trying to tear it down. I hope not. Yeah, or, you know, um, uh, global war with China or whatever. Um, yeah, speaking of China. You want me to bend over what? What are you going to do with that thing? I would say to the Chinese guy at the border. You're going to feel a little pressure, sir. Oof. Welcome to China. <laughs> this is how we do things here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mike Lyons next hour talking about the situation in Iran and what is going on there. We'll fill you in if you don't know the story. Armstrong and Getty.